Blog Talk Radio. Uh, you know what time it is. Time to hang out with Mr. Cool. With Mr. Koopa, with Mr. Koopa, with Mr. Koopa. Get the latest scoop from Mr. Koopa, from Mr. Koopa, from Mr. Koopa. Hey, with Mr. Koopa, with Mr. Koopa, with Mr. Koopa. Get the latest scoop from Mr. Koopa, from Mr. Koopa. Welcome to the Bit Scoop with Coop. I'm your host, Coop. Season three still going strong, guys. Um, today I have a fantastic guest you're about to learn a lot from. Um, she is very well known in the theatrical world. She has done big things. And when I say big things, I'm talking about on stage. She is amazing at what she does. But guys, right now, I'll give you a second or two to make sure you go tell your family and your friends and your associates, even your haters, make sure. They tune in to the Bit Scoop with Coop right now. They can hear it live right now on Blog Talk Radio, blogtalkradio.com forward slash the Bit Scoop with Coop. Um, you can actually find it on TuneIn Radio, Stitcher Radio, iTunes. We're live right now worldwide. But ladies and gentlemen, you know what? That's enough of me talking. It's time to bring on this guest right here that I've been waiting to have on my show, and she's finally here. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Miss Tanner Frederick. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so happy to be on the big scoop with Mr. Coop. Ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's awesome. You... Thank you. Yes, yes. How's your day been going today? Well, it just got better with that introduction. Ha! <laughs> that was like the best introduction I think I've ever had. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. Well, thank you. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. We're live right now worldwide. Everybody is listening. They're loving this right now. Um, this is season three. We will keep going with this thing. Now, um, Tana, just to let you know on this show, we always speak mm-hmm. about how you started in your career, your success, give advice how to get into your career, and much more. Now, Tana, it's showtime. Let's go on and do this. Um, we will start from the beginning. <laughs> okay. All right. When did you first realize that you wanted to become an actress? Um, it was, I I think I was nine years old and I went to see, uh, the musical Oliver with my Girl Scout troop in Iowa. And, um, I just remember sitting on the steps at the local children's theater and we had some great, you know, you can never judge where you're going to find amazing art is one thing that I've learned because it comes in every state, every city, there was an immense amount of talent, and I think I came from, like, a, a just a wealth of talent in, in um, northern Iowa. And uh, they had great children's theater, which is great. And I remember the lights went down and came up, and uh, my best friend uh, was playing Oliver Twist. And I just remember watching, watching the show and just knowing right then at nine years old, this is what I was destined to do for the rest of my life. And just just knew, just knew, no, 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 uh, turning back from that moment that there was nothing else that I was going to do except pursue acting and pursue that as my craft. Nice. <laughs> Whatever it's gotten me. I don't know. I guess I was, I was both blessed and I, I don't want to say cursed, but I mean, <laughs> I, I guess I was lucky enough not to be one of those, you know, people who, who has a meandering, um, 
you know, what what am I going to do? What was I meant to do? You know, there's a lot of people uh-huh. out there who don't figure out what their passion is, and I was just lucky enough, or like I said, like cursed enough to know. I don't have a choice. I'm an actress, and I'm going to wait tables or bust. Nice. <laughs> so, yeah, so there was, no, there was no option B. There was no safety net for me. So that's how I knew. And then I just got involved with the children's theater and started doing everything I possibly could um, as a kid and, like, four shows a year and did everything, painted sets, did everything I possibly could, uh, tech, sound. We weren't allowed to, you know, we, we, we had to do every part of the theater um, experience and uh, treated, like, as kids, like, like adults. And that was really a cool lesson, too, as a, as a child to be held responsible and accountable for for you know, at ten years old, for for never never chewing gum on stage, never writing in your script with a pen, you know, never being late for rehearsals or you get reamed out. I mean, they really they really had strict rules and and didn't. We were like professionals, even though we were paying theater for lessons and stuff. So I, I was I was really thankful for that experience. Nice, nice, and you see, that's the thing. Whenever you start young and you actually get attracted to what you're doing at a young age, I really believe that it'll stick in your heart or your mind that you want to continue to do it, and you're living proof of that. Think about it. You started off seeing it with the Girl Scouts at nine, and look where you're at now. I mean, you've done big things, and you're still doing big things. And people that's listening worldwide, trust me, Miss Frederick career is far from over. She's got big things uh-huh. coming up, and she got big things that she's doing right now. Make sure – you check out her work, especially if you're in the California Thank you. area. Yes. And yes. now. And, um, mm-hmm. I, and I agree with that as a, as a, as a child, like it's just, it's just, it, if you start young and you start doing it just for the love of doing it and you're never, you're not used to being, you know, paid for it. I mean, I, we did it, you know, we did everything that we did for free and not only that, but a lot of our parents, you know, had to work a couple jobs to make sure that we could, get into the children's theater and just we were just lucky to be in the theater so by the time that I moved out to Los Angeles um after college and and actually by the time I got the first paying gig I mean even even when I got free you know when I got free jobs but I got actually got a job as an actress and you know and didn't pay I was like this is awesome this is the coolest (laughs) thing ever I just got hired how much are you making, honey? And my parents would ask me, and I'm like, I'm not making a thing, but I beat 200 actresses. Why are you even asking me that question? Exactly. <laughs> hey, the joy pays off for itself. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Pay? <laughs> Who needs to get paid? I'm going to be on camera finally. <laughs> and that's how everybody should think. Seriously, start it off. They should always think that way. That excitement would actually make your drive larger and larger. And then when you get a paycheck, you could be like, oh, I got paid. But guess who I was on stage with? <laughs> you can't beat that. Exactly. You no, no, you can't. You can't. Oh, wow. Now, let's fast forward a little bit. We saw how you started at a young age. And mm-hmm. you actually became a part of the Los Angeles theater community. How big of an honor mm-hmm. was it for you? Um, it was actually really, really hard to get into, surprisingly. Um, I was lucky enough to have worked in the 
worked with my friend Lady Lee Simon um, uh, at the University of Iowa because at the University of Iowa where I graduated from, there were amazing playwrights and the writers' workshop and um, just really, really great writers playwrights there and he legally Simon uh, is a well-known playwright um, does amazing work uh, uh, writing um, and he was doing a play out here Toussaint for the love of freedom and I was able to just work my way in and called him back in Iowa and got a teeny tiny part and a huge brilliant cast of like 50 people but um but it was really hard. It was easier to get film work out here than theater work. So most of the work that I did was film work. And I ended up doing, um, getting a job doing, uh, with Henry Jaglum, uh, uh, doing Hollywood Dreams with my first film with Henry. And then um, com- continued to do a lot of work with, he's, he's a very gifted and um, he's very, uh, what do I want to say, it was He's very one. He's very independent. He's very independent and very um, stalwart independent indie directors, and and has worked with pretty much every actor. He's like uh, Altman or uh, Cassavetes, and so I did a lot of independent films and started out uh, starring in them right off the bat with him. But I think it's because of my theater work that I was able to, you know, do the work with all these actors. I mean, I just I was new out here I was 24 and, and I was starting out out of the gate with uh, Justin Kirk from uh, Weeds and um, and mm-hmm. Noah Wiley from ER and in Queen of a Lot and um, and uh, uh, Judd Nelson from Breakfast Club and Karen Black and David Provost wow. and the Prentice, I mean, all these amazing amazing actors who all had a, a an amazing stage background and were just kick-ass um, actors um, because they just had this solid, solid theatrical background. But um, but getting a job in theater and working my way into the theater community out here was not, was not an easy thing because it's just not a theater town until you really put your, pay your dues out here and get assimilated into the theater community. And then later on, I just, now I have a following and I, consistent theater and film um and uh, the two hopefully coincide with each other and, and some of my plays get turned into films um the one that is coming out in theaters is called ovation uh mm-hmm. it's actually uh playing it's actually opening at the uh, palm beach film festival this week and that we, we i've, I've co-started in that with James Denton from, uh, he played the plumber in Desperate Housewives. Yep. Opposite Terry Hatcher. I, and uh, he was a great actor. Again, a stage actor. Um, really brilliant guy. And uh, and a whole cast from The Rainmaker. So what Henry did was he we ran this show called, the it's Ed Richard Nash's The Rainmaker. We got in, um, we ran the show for a year. Got standing ovations every single night. It was amazing. Most incredible theater experience I've had because, I mean, who would turn down having people stand up after every show? Um, Definitely a tough show because it's just one of the classics and you can get criticized very easily for it. But uh, Henry had this idea of, so yeah, it's, 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 um, it's really, uh, 
black, uh, it's, it's very difficult, but it was, but we pulled it off. It was awesome. It was the best experience. And, um, and uh, so Henry had this conceit of filming just the backstage where kind of, if you're in theater, you know, that the real drama happens backstage. It doesn't, so, yes. it's, <laughs> you know, it's always like, oh, who's, you know, who's having marriage problems and who's sleeping with who. And, you know, it's just like, that's, I mean, come on, you want to get the backstage gossip and who, who hates who right now and who's complaining about, you know, their, their space. And it's, it's just always a matter of you go backstage in a show and you see like the real drama of like adults becoming children about their exactly. lives. It's just, it, it's just, it's just, <laughs> great it's great and you either love it or you have to love it because if you don't exactly. love it you know you won't you're in it to you're in it for the rest of your life you're in it to do theater at like 82 you just you don't give up on art you just mm-hmm. never retire you either die or you I mean, seriously, <laughs> you either you either die or you go on stage but right. as you know the Barrymore family will tell you you keep going and you don't stop because you, it's the art. You just don't retire. You're not a dentist. You're an artist. So, exactly. so we filmed this. Um, we filmed all of this. We so Henry wrote this film about Ovation, which is coming out. I think it's um it's on uh, the Rainbow Film Company dot com, and you can check it out. It's coming out in Lumley Theaters, um, and premiering here um, in theaters in um the 29th of May, and it's, uh, it's all about backstage and what happens backstage of the Rainmaker. So we just basically took the entire cast and then added, uh, added um, James Denton to it and filmed backstage what was going on, um, what Henry had written, and there's all these. It's just kind of a, an ex- it's just a fun, kind of exciting um, thrillers slash comedy slash love story about uh, one a play backstage it's fictional and it's just it was a lot of fun to film but it was that's where the the sometimes the the real life of theater can carry into having um turning something into film and so i love this film it's my favorite film that i've done so far so that's that's coming out in the theaters um this next month (laughs) Man, everybody that's listening worldwide right now, make sure you go check it all out. Make sure you check out Ovation. This is going to be something that's going to knock your boots off. If you're not wearing boots, it's going to knock your shoes off. If you're not wearing shoes, it's going to knock your flip-flops off. Whatever you're wearing, it's going to knock it off. I guarantee that. It's going to be an awesome, awesome, awesome thing to watch. Now, Tana, here's a personal question I want to know myself. How do you personally mm-hmm. prepare yourself to step on stage or to get in front of the camera for film, what do you actually do? Because, you know, like you said, backstage at a play, that is a big battle royal back there. I've been behind the scenes on a lot of those. And it's, it's yeah. I mean, it, if you say the wrong thing, it's going to be a big old girl and boy fight back there. But <laughs> it's, it's all drama related when you got the, the right people there. And it's very interesting. But what do you do to get yourself prepared? Oh, man. It's, that's a good question. It depends, honestly, on the show. Um, last year, I had, I last year I played um, an anti-Semite. It was it, it was a true story. Again, it was a play by Henry Jaglum called Train to Zakopane, and it was a true story about his father, um, 
it was about anti-Semitism, and I played it a Polish nurse who just went on stage every night and had to say these very slanderous things about being able to smell a Jew from a kilometer away on a train. And, and then I ended up, and, and because it was a true story, I wanted to make, you know, there's a lot of anti-Semitism that exists now. And, and this story took place in 1928, Poland. And um, Henry's father was a Jew, and he fell in love with this this young nurse in 1928 and uh, had an affair with her. And his whole plan was to, quote, unquote, kiss the girl and then tell her that he was Jewish and then run off. Unfortunately, they got off in, in, in Zakopane, uh, Poland and that this beautiful resort in 1928 had this affair and then the father ended up falling in love with her and um, so you see these two characters and why she you know has this this aversion to, to Jewish people and how um, you know her father was kind of um, was taken advantage of by a Jewish man and you just see she has her kind of defensive uh speeches and you know but it was it was a very difficult character to play um because <laughs> this whole town is pretty much run by very successful jewish people <laughs> i was like okay great i'm never gonna work again awesome Henry. thank you so much <laughs> um but it, it was extremely successful and ran for a year it was just a very painful part to play because a, it was kind of this unwritten character that that uh had no no future for herself um and uh and I really tried to create empathy with my character as much as possible the audience can actually climb to the the skin of the character you know and I had people coming up afterwards and saying so are you actually anti-semitic and I was like (laughs) no but I that's the biggest acting compliment you could probably give me so thank you um and then at the same time I was doing um I, I got cast in a show with Levy Lee Simon directing called The Dutchman, and uh, where I play a, a racist woman on a train, uh, another train um, on a subway in, 19, uh-huh. um, in 1962 that stabs a black man. So I had these two very, very uh, complicated characters that I had been looking at and was doing them back to back. So what I did at the time, I don't think I'll ever do it again, but I basically, the only way I could play these two characters and really just not think about uh, criticizing them or getting into, you know, judging them or, right. or being freaked out. I mean, cause, cause we were so critically acclaimed with the, with the Dutchman. We actually got into the, the national, um, the, uh, the national black theater festival in, wow. um, which was the most amazing experience of my life, and that was in um, North Carolina, and um, and so I I actually experienced that last year, and it was like the most powerful environment I have ever been in. It was just everybody in in um, in like purple and and mm-hmm. uh, just the most powerful black actors. The first Phantom of the Man who played uh, Phantom of the Opera, African American man, all mm-hmm. these just 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 everybody just claiming like their power as an artist. And I mean, it was amazing, but again, very difficult to play two racist, uh, racist and an anti-Semite at the same time. So in order just not to judge myself, I just started running marathons. And so, 
back to back before I was doing these shows because I was literally doing these shows. I would do, I would do the Dutchman during the day and the play the anti-Semite at night and train to Zakopane. And so I would get up at three o'clock, run um, a 26.2 marathon under four hours because I was so stressed out and then go on stage without taking, you know, a nap or anything. I fell off stage once. I, I just, I couldn't cope with, oh. the, with the characters, <laughs> but I just, I didn't know how else to do it in a healthy way. So I just kind of overcompensated with, with running. And so then I, I ran another uh, 26.2 marathon again in the morning, went on stage, and then did two shows. And then I ran, like, a couple of half marathons. But just by staying physically fit, that was the only thing that I could figure out to do to stay afloat with those characters, you know. I I didn't want to drink. I didn't want to, like, you know, it's so easy as an artist when you're just putting yourself out there and people are, like, booing your character on stage. I mean, nobody likes either of those characters. And that there is a good reason for that because they're meant to represent a very um, unlikable part of and disgusting part of the population and an ugly, ugly part of the population and very ugly, uh, very ugly events in, in mankind. So I was representing both of those and uh, a lot of those events and people did not like me. We had Q and A's. And um, so what are you going to do? I just ran. <laughs> I, I was like Forrest Gump. I was like, I'm just going running. <laughs> so you just took my I line. I'm about to say you Forrest Gump your way through this thing. That's what I was about to tell you. you yeah, exactly. I'm just like, I don't know. I'm just going to keep running. And then I'll do the shows at night. And then I'm just going to keep doing the best I can and, and trying to give, you know, these playwrights uh, a voice you know, and do these characters uh, as best I can and make the audience hate me as much as possible (laughs) (laughs) and not take it personally. And yeah, so that's what I, that's, I, everything is pretty much countered by with me, a physical, a physical uh, emphasis, you know? Right. And you know, Tana, at the same time, I believe um, a reaction is better than no reaction at all, especially when you're on stage. Completely. So Completely. Getting, Why else do it? Yeah. Right. Because when you're on stage, if you're getting booed, that means you're getting these people's attention. So you're doing yeah. what you're supposed to do. But if you went up there and you start hearing the crickets chirp, yeah, you probably want to look around and see if the light's still on or is anybody else still in the building. So, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. And you played those two roles and you did such a good job of it that you had people booing you. I mean, I, I oh, yeah. clap and I I give you a standing ovation right now for pulling that off and you still have sanity inside of your head. So I pulled it off. And also, Tanner, next <laughs> time you. you're in North Carolina, oh, yeah. And next time you're in North Thank Carolina, you. make sure you look me up because I'm in North Carolina also. So let me know. Oh, my God. Yep. Oh, my God. That's so- did, did you know that the National Black Theater Festival was there? Yes. Um, it's every other year. It's the, it's the most amazing experience I've ever had in my life. Like, mm-hmm. just incredible. Yeah, so, wow, what a great state. It was my first time there, and I was just, I couldn't, I couldn't believe um, how, how amazing the state was and uh, yes. had such a, a beautiful time, and it was in the summer. It was in August, so all Perfect of the, the cicadas, the cicadas hanging down and the thick heat, and, like, just, it was gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but so thank you, time, yes, yeah. I do. 
to look you up. Cool. I know your show, that's where your show is from. That's yep. awesome. What a great state. What a lucky man you are. Thank you. Thank and you very much. I'm lucky to have the, the scoop there. So. <laughs> but I, I agree with you. Like I, Most of the art that I do and that I choose, I don't – I. And as I get older, I I think that there's, um, as an artist, for me, that I have a responsibility to, um, you know, definitely making people leave scratching their heads and talking about stuff and either worked up in some way thinking, questioning their lives and how they've chosen to live their lives. Or, you know, if, if, if you don't create something that makes people question or feel or um, react in some way, even if it's with yeah. ire or anger or angst, if you don't, if, if you don't get a theater worked up and, you know, getting into like a hot conversation afterwards and, um, and I don't need to be liked. I, I don't need to be liked. I just want, I just want to create change and, right. and create discussion and, and just put stuff out on the table that is not being discussed, you know, exactly. and doing these two shows, it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm doing, you know, it's live theater and I, that, I'm doing live theater, but you know what, that's, those, those are, those are a hundred people who, who had a discussion. We brought some issues to the table, you know, about the, either differences in the races or differences in religion and, um, and everybody is going to leave that night having experienced something live and having given their souls to something real. It's not right. sitting in a movie theater. It's a live moment in time that can never be taken back. And in this world of, of film and sort of dominating the entire, you know, in the, in the entire um, uh, entertainment demographic, wow, I get to still go out there and, you know, and I love doing films too, but there's something just crazy raw about doing theater and doing pieces that that make people crazy, that make people want to stand up and, and shout at at you, what that want that make people want to throw stuff at you. It's it's what Shakespeare right. was all about. It's about like people getting getting the crowds raucous and throwing stuff at you and screaming at you and you know, and that's the kind of theater I dig. And, it's really and speaking- involved. Right, and speaking mm-hmm. of that, getting the crowd raucous and everything, um, how did Hollywood Dreams impact your career? Um, it was just kind of Hollywood Dreams was just like the chance for me, you know, to be in a, a, a my first big film, and I was I was I was lucky enough to get cast as a lead in it, which is which is which a lot of people called, um, you know my career at that point like an overnight sensation which was really funny because I have been out in LA for five years and um maybe for a while since after college and so for it's just funny that there's so much there's so many misnomers about oh this person just made it because Henry Jaglum just cast her in a film but little do they know like I had waited tables for five years and at about 30 different restaurants and I had um I had produced one of Henry's plays to prove to him I had found the funding and I I had so much drive, so much ambition. And I proved to him that I could handle his material first. He didn't just cast me in it, you know, and, and you look at all of these people who are, who say, Oh, 
look at this actor, they just made it overnight. And there are no really that I've seen overnight successes. It's these actors who, even the the, the girl in the room who, um, uh, did she win the, I think she won the Oscar this year, but she, you know, everybody started out as like a child actor and works their butts off to make it and stay in the business, let alone, you know, become a quote unquote star or get their first opportunity um, in, in a larger picture that they get credit for. So it was it was kind of funny to me because um, Hollywood Dreams was about a girl from Iowa who comes out here to be an actress and gets this kind of overnight success. But it's that's in reality in Hollywood that just doesn't happen. You just you have to keep working. And um, man, I I haven't seen. I got to give it to actors because when you give your life up for that or whatever passion that you have, which I'm sure you understand doing a show of your own. You, you right. just work. You don't. You don't think about it. You just you, you keep the eye, your eye on the prize. You keep the blinders on, and you just keep going forward every day. And you just have to show up for your job because there isn't anybody like you're not punching in the clock. You're not like you're not you're not checking in. You're not on a, somebody else's work schedule or pay scale. You know, you're just doing it because you're trying to make money for for your two kids at home and your family and. You know, you're, but you're in a town where there are 500 people competing for your job, if not 5,000. And so you're just working to just for the right. for the the glory of it, for the love of it. And um, there are so many people that I just admire because it's because art is, uh, I think, um, such a noble, noble, noble profession. So true. As I'm saying it, but it is really sacrificing. Your life, your your entire life, it is, and there's a different beat that I think artists drop. Uh, there's a different beat that that artists march to than the rest of the world, and I I admire that as well. And anybody anybody yeah. around artists, you know, you and anybody else who is in the music business or the the, you know, a writers or poets or whatever, just taking that risk and showing your soul, and willing to be judged for whatever that it is that you stand for or whatever work you put out there. That's noble, man. That is like, that's that's very true. That's very true, Tana. And I can actually say, because I've been in two movies and I'm getting ready for my third and I can actually, right. I can actually a hundred thousand percent agree with you. And you know, you have to be in this business and you have to give a hundred percent. If you don't, you can't come in with 25 or 50 because you will get left right. behind. You are so right about that. Now every day, and there's no reason, as you know, like there's there's no reason really, unless you have your own drive, unless you want to get up in the, unless you push yourself to get up every single morning, and chase after something that you don't know what exists or not, or you don't know if it's going to manifest itself or not. You know, some right. job that you think you might get possibly, unless you push yourself, nobody's going to be there like you know fanning you with a oh with a palm leaf and saying oh get up now and it's time for your close-up <laughs> and you know you're just running around out there like running out of gas and just try just working the work mm-hmm. networking and trying to get so that's so you get you get it I mean that's, that's true that's great that's great what films are you gonna what, what film um, are you coming out of? 
Actually, it's actually it's two shorts that they're actually trying to convert over to television. Um, it's called Sins of the Wicked and Sons uh-huh. of the Wicked. Um, I'm getting ready right. for part four. Yes, um, we're actually trying to work it out for television deals and everything. So um, be on the lookout for that, Tana, because we're actually still trying to bring new talent on also. So be on the lookout for it. I play a detective named Steve in the um, show. So That's it's, so um, cool. Yes. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. Now, also, Tana, for the people that's um, just tuning in worldwide, um, can you give them a rundown again about that romantic mystery called Ovation that can be seen this fall? Can you tell them what it's actually about for the people just tuning in? Yep, it's um, it's a show about um, the film industry and uh, that what happens. It's called Ovation. It's a it's a feature film. Um, starring James Denton and a wonderful cast, including myself. And uh, it was filmed backstage of, um, uh, as, we, as we were doing the play The Rainmaker by N. Richard Nash in Los Angeles. And um, it's just a really fun, delightful romp through um, the actors' lives backstage. And it's, there's brilliant actors. Henry Jaglum never fails to... Um, cast, you know, brilliant people in his in his roles. I always, I, I'm always amazed by the talent in his films, and that's coming out. And um, there is an ovation.com website, and there is also a, um, you can check out the Rainbow Film Company where I I have uh, there's all of Henry Jaglum's films available for sale, and you can also just you know go to go on demand or go on um, iTunes and buy his films um, as well. So that's, that's coming out and uh, there's ovation. There is um, Hollywood dreams, Irene in time that I've done with him. Uh, mm, oh my God, there's so many now I'm totally blanking. Queen of a lot. <laughs> Queen of a lot. And um, just a bevy, a deja vu, a bevy of amazing films that he's done. So he's a really great, amazing, talented, independent mm-hmm. filmmaker who I was lucky enough to work with and be discovered by. Um, so that's out there, and, and his work is outstanding. So check him out. Yeah, make sure you check them out. And that also shows you that Tana's not no one-hit wonder. She started naming stuff and forgot what it was. She done so much, and I don't blame her. I would, I mean, I would have lost track also. Now, now Tana, also just um, for the people that's new to you, um, that's just mm-hmm. getting introduced to you today, see, everybody thinks you're just an actor, uh, actress, excuse me. But can you tell mm-hmm. the people that's listening right now some of the projects that you are actually involved in outside of acting. Sure. Um, I run a nonprofit that I've kept going for the last uh, 12 years. We send kids to camp. It's called Project Save Our Surf. Um, you can check it out at projectsaveoursurf.org. Uh, basically, we send 5,000 kids, underprivileged kids, to camp every year, and we um, – we either send them to the beach. We have we have amazing camps. We send them to the beach or to the mountains. And so there's a lot of schools around here. Since I grew up where every weekend I just took off on my bike and went to, the you know, wherever in Iowa, Lime Creek Nature Center, where everything, every every weekend was just about going outdoors and hanging out, you know, in, in, in creek beds and, 
and experiencing nature. But there are kids in Anaheim that I found out that haven't even seen the ocean. There are kids, uh, you know, within, yeah, within 30 miles of here that that schools can't even, that can't get, the schools can't afford a science program or schools can't afford um, to have, let alone to have um, any out, outside activities where they can, you know, outside uh, field trips where they bust the kids, you know, like the good old days when I was, when I was in school where we, you know, got the parents to sign a, a slip and we, we got to go to a field trip. So we bust kids out and we give them field trips, quote unquote, like, or sort of camps where we teach them about um, not only where they're living and the terrain that they're living in, but how to protect the environment, how to make, uh, healthy food choices for themselves. These are all uh, fifth to eighth graders. How to um, conserve. Uh, we do really fun projects with their with their lunch bags. Um, we teach them to upcycle uh, uh, trash and make um, just just these kids are are bright and not and from low income families and they are the the future of our. These kids are the, the future stewards of our planet. So they, to me, are the most important ones to be teaching how, you know, what they got and how to treat it. So, um, so it's that's what kind of keeps me going in my heart and my soul is sending the kids to camp. And um, and again, it's at ProjectSaverSurf.org. I have, um, and then we and then we have this great group. We have this great group of. Um, uh, teen surfers who pro surfers. I mean, this is just, it's cool for me because I came from Queens Cornfield. So the whole surfing concept <laughs> is still, I don't think I'll ever be bored of it, you know? And exactly. um, so we have, <laughs> so we can, you know, we we take um, autistic children and we take um, different, different schools. And, and like I said, low income um, uh, boys and girls club or the youth programs out to the ocean give them a day with, with these teen surfers who they just love and um, get them up and on a board and paddling out, get them empowered, get them teaching. I mean, their faces when they first get up on a wave for the first time um, is always just like the most, just always brings tears to my eyes. And then we teach them all these different um, aspects of conserving and um, what they, and about the planet. So, that's what that's what the organization that I'm proud to have founded and keep running in a time when it's very difficult to find funding for such programs. But we're still going strong, so <laughs> I haven't so, we haven't broke the bank yet, so that's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if people it's, want to donate, if, if people mm-hmm. want to donate to this fund, can they actually go to the website to donate, or how do they actually? actually you can go to projectsaveoursurf.org. And then we also install water filters, um, and we have a lot of youth involved with that. And so anybody can go on the site, check out just information in general about the, the, the earth, the environment, um, water levels, water, um, water clarity, what, um, what programs we have, where we have water filters at. Um, kids can apply there to, to get a scholarship and go to El Salvador, um, to the Philippines, to South Africa, wow. wherever we have water programs. And, um, and 
we have the most amazing kids from from all over the country. So it's not just isolated, actually from all over the world. Um, so it's not just isolated to California. So anybody right. wants to check it out, projectsaveoursurf.org. Doesn't matter if you're in North Carolina or huh. you're in Minnesota or you're in California. You can go on there and be a part of um, raise money. And uh, if you're 16, 17, 18, 19, or if you're 48 to 92, you can be a part of one of our trips to go and install water filters in um, um, in a in a place where, like El Salvador, the Philippines, or um, where we don't have where they don't have clean water. And uh, it's it's pretty amazing stuff. It's pretty amazing stuff. Guys, make sure you go check out the website. Donate where you can. Um, donate your time. Donate funds. It's all about saving, you know, other people that's actually less fortunate um, and places that actually needs help. So make sure you go support Tana Frederick and everything that she's doing from theatrical to movie to outside actually trying to save other places and dealing with the water and everything, guys, and the kids, man. Make sure you go to her website, check it out, donate, 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 help out. Please make sure you do that. And Tana, Thank I just want you. to congratulate you again for everything that you're doing. And you're, like I said, you're doing big things, and you're nowhere close to getting done. Now, um, for the people that still trying to learn about you, what is your ultimate goal as an actress? Oh gosh, I just want to keep learning and um, not quit. I just want to stay in the ring and not get a TKO. <laughs> Uh, so if I can do that for the rest of my life and not get worn out and just keep, keep learning, keep staying on stage, you know, keep becoming, um, a better human being, keep sending kids to camp, keep learning, um, everything there is to learn about, uh, being an actor and creating art that speaks to people and that changes people and works to, uh, to teach, to teach people or to teach myself ultimately, um, if I can just keep creating projects like that for the rest of my life, I'll be a happy person. Nice, nice. Yeah. Now, for the $1 million question that everybody wants to hear about, what advice would you give any male or female that wants to actually become an actor or actress or just want to get into the, um, into the industry? What advice would you give them? I'd say if, if you, you don't you don't have to say I want to be an actor. You are one. If you if you want to be one, you already are. So start getting your hands on. Start start putting acting into your life wherever you can. Um, start doing monologues. Start reading about uh, in any way, shape, or form. I mean, art is all around you every single day, and and you live, breathe, and and can feel it. And you can just start start taking in films. You can start taking in. Uh, plays, playwrights, and you—you you are doing it. A lot of people think that art is unac—is unac- unaccessible to them, just because they're in the Midwest, like I grew up in Iowa, or because they're not on, you know, in New York, or they're not in California, or they're not in Canada, or wherever the filming is being done at the time. You know, a lot of people think, oh, then it's not for me, or it's—I'm—I'm I'm not an actor because I'm not where the the, you know, the where all the businesses. But you are an actor, so take responsibility for it and start 
learning now. It doesn't matter if you're if you're six or you're sixty six. You should just begin because that's your life. Once you recognize it, take it and don't be ashamed of it. Um, and and run with it because it's a it's a noble profession. Nice, great answer, great answer. Everybody, ladies and <laughs> gentlemen. You. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you take all of this information that you actually heard. Use it. If you want to become an actor or actress, Tana just opened the door for you to show, tell you how to actually get there. Make sure you use the information. Once again, make sure you check out the website. If you can find any of her movies or plays, make sure you watch it. I'm telling you, this, this lady is a theatrical masterpiece. So make sure you <laughs> stay tuned. Follow. Oh, and Tana, how can people find you on social media if they want to follow you? Oh, um, Tana Frederick, uh, my TanaFrederick.com is my website, T-A-N-N-A-F-R-E-D-E-R-I-C-K.com. Um, you can Google me, I think, and Twitter is, I think, Tana S. Um, and then, uh, all that social media stuff will just stem out from there. I don't know. I don't ever remember <laughs> all the websites, but, but that's a good start. And so, you know, somewhere right. in there you can get going. <laughs> Thank you, Tana. Thank you for coming on the Thank show today. You. Um, I would love to have you back in the future. Thank you. I would love to have you back in the future. All right. Well, guys, ladies I'm and gentlemen, make sure. Done. Yes, make sure you follow Tana. Make sure you find her work, watch it, study it, be part of it. Once again, donate your time. Donate if you have any funds to help out. I mean, help. Do it, please. So, guys, you all heard it here first on the Bit Scoop with Coop. Until next time, everybody, have a good night.